1: If
0: you dare. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream.
5: at t
2: You're listening to Fox Sports
5: Radio. Uh, welcome back to the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. For a free rate quote. Oh, folks, what are we going to do with our Saturdays for the next eight months? No football today. There is a good college basketball game, if that's your fancy. Duke, Virginia. Duke a little uh, banged up. If I were to give out a gambling pick, I usually save them save them for my podcast coming up winners. But I'll give out a college basketball gambling pick to open the show. Give me Virginia and Cameron Indoor. This evening I it's going to be tough for me to watch that game folks cuz my daughter has her debut basketball game. Yes, kindergartners can play basketball. My son's team is you'd love to follow on this show. They're 2 and 0. Oh. Two blowouts. I got another tough one today. Yeah, I think the spread for this one. I'm not sure Gavin, but I think it's 22 as a spread. We're favored again. Uh but we we get some football Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited for it. We will talk some basketball. I know everybody's geeked out here in LA for Warriors, Lakers, Monday, Staples. LeBron, is he going to be back? That's the chatter out here. We'll see if it happens. I'm locked in. I will be on the court uh as a member of the media, hopefully hanging out with my main guy Kevin Durant. We'll see. We'll see if that materializes and uh, And my buddy has season tickets and invited me and the wife, so I will be there. Very pumped about Monday, but I'm more excited for Sunday because we got two really good football games. Championship weekend is here. I'm sure you've been tuning into TV shows and radio shows all week. Trying to find some unique angles and edge, if you will. We'll get to the picks later. But I want to actually start the show talking about the games from this perspective. I want to ask you, listener, how do you know when you're ready to move on from, say, an old car that you own? You know, maybe it's always in the shop. The material on the seats starts to wear down. Maybe the power windows just aren't working to your liking. They freeze up. Well, I guess the thing about an old car is, you know, you've had it paid off for a decade. You had a good run. And you know what? You want to move on from that car before you get stuck in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, because it breaks down. Now think about, like, your favorite shirt. I don't know, your favorite baseball glove. We all get sentimental about holding on to things forever. I mean, I've got these two speakers, and a lot of uh, bachelors want to tune in closely to this. I got these two awesome Sirwin Vega speakers. Um, If you've seen this movie... From the 90s with Buster Rhymes, Michael Rappaport. It was about a college campus. Uh, track star Omar Epps, Tyra Banks is in it. I saw the speakers in that movie. You take off the cover and they could just thump these two 12-inch speakers. So I bought them for college. And I traveled to my first post-college job with them. And eventually you move in with the girlfriend. And I bring these two huge speakers and she's like, those are too big. We, we can't have them in the family room. They take up too much room. Fine. Eventually, you know, the wife, she turns, the girlfriend turns into the wife and she marginalizes my speakers. Eventually we get to the house. She's like, get them in the basement. So now we're out here in LA. She's like, put them in the garage. I refuse to lose my speakers. I'm hanging on to them forever. Okay. They're big and they're boxy, but I don't care. I refuse to let go. And letting go is where I'm going here. And I'm talking, of course. About Tom Brady. When does he decide. Time to let go. I, I'm done. I'm ready to move on. Because I think. Sunday. Could be the final time we see Tom Brady. Throw a football. In the NFL. I mean folks. We know this. 25 years at least. For Tom Brady. Football has been his life. High school. College. At Michigan of course. And then on the NFL. With the Patriots. I mean, it's almost been two decades of dominance in the NFL for Tom Brady. More Super Bowl rings than any quarterback in NFL history. But when does he hang them up? What happens if they lose in Kansas City Sunday? I mean, they're underdogs. Is it time for Tom Brady to say, you know, I had a good season, but I think I'm done. Because when you look at it, this kind of feels like a last chance for Brady and the Patriots. Last year, they lose in the Super Bowl. His wife has been begging him at least twice that we know of. Tom, come on, just retire. Let's take the kids and travel the world. Of course, you know his wife, supermodel Giselle. I mean, and if he looks around, you know when you're kind of the the single guy, you got your single group of buddies, and, of course, they eventually branch off. One guy gets married, next guy gets married, and you're sitting there hanging with your single crew, and you're down to, like, three guys. It's like, geez. Well, Tom Brady looks around that locker room, and again, nearly two decades of dominance. And he's got, okay, we got Gronk. Barely. I mean, Gronk has openly talked about retirement. Patriots tried to trade him to Detroit. He's like, I would have just retired. Gronk looks like a shell of his former self. Is coming back. This is the worst season of his career. He's got no trade value. Bill Belichick. He's been through the wars with Brady. He's 67. How do? We, how much longer do we know Bill Belichick wants to do this for? Maybe he's a lifer. I'd, I, but, again, Brady's looking around. He says, okay, I got Bill. I got Gronk. I got Josh McDaniels has been here for a lot of the ride. What else is, like, Tom Brady has to be thinking retirement. I think this is his last shot at a Super Bowl. And I went on Colin Cowherd's show yesterday. And I talked about how the AFC is so rapidly improving. I mean, folks, if you look, and I wrote a piece about this on the big lead this week, about the teams most likely to inherit the Patriots dynasty, three of them are in the AFC. The Chiefs, of course, who are loaded and young. The Indianapolis Colts, great quarterback, good young coach, a lot of cap money. They can spend like drunken sailors this this offseason. And, of course, the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns, with Baker Mayfield, one of the best young rosters in the NFL. But it's not just that. You look around the rest of the AFC, I didn't even mention the Steelers. They could have one run left with Big Ben and Mike Tomlin. You can't count them out. Baltimore Ravens. A lot of young pieces in place. They kept uh, John Harbaugh. I mean, the Houston Texans. They're an offensive line away from being real dangerous. They got their quarterback. I mean, you know, I know we have a couple big Chargers fans in this studio. They've got perhaps the best roster in the NFL. Now, I know the Phillip Rivers situation is tenuous and the Anthony Lynn uh, head coaching spot. We'll see how that materializes. But the list of AFC contenders is long. I didn't even get into my New York Jets with Sam Darnold, a franchise quarterback, a lot of cap room, and an offensive guy in Adam Gaze, who I absolutely love. But the bottom line is, the AFC's getting tougher. I mean, Brady couldn't win on the road this year with the Patriots. The NFC is stacked, too. But I cannot get over the fact that this could be the final time Sunday That Tom Brady laces him up and throws a football. I feel like not enough people are talking about that. Because Brady keeps saying, oh, play till I'm 45. I mean, come on, guys. The reality is like, no. I mean, if they lose this one to the Chiefs. A year after losing to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. And that's less about Tom Brady struggling. He was terrific in the Super Bowl. No doubt about it. But it's more about Brady going out with respect and dignity, right? Peyton Manning limped to that finish, but he knew he got that Super Bowl. I'm out. See ya. John Elway won a second Super Bowl, bounced, retired at the right age. Maybe I'm suffering from some recency bias, right? And I like guys who go out on top as a winner. That's a good way to go out, right? Nobody's going to fault Brady if he can't beat the Chiefs on the road as an underdog. This is not a great Patriots team. I had a great run. You know what? I don't want to go through the offseason stuff. I'm going to be 42 in August. I, I I think I'm done. Okay. You don't want Tom Brady clinging to I can play forever the way Michael Jordan came back with the Wizards. He didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon, legendary player, top 15 NBA player ever. I mean, you know he finished his career with the Toronto Raptors. Like, You don't want to remember that. There is something to going out on top. And I looked this up because I I wasn't sure. Joe Montana, okay, he was a star with the Niners, went to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know his final game as a pro? He was 38 years old. He threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, and he lost to Miami. He had a good season. Montana at 38, completed 60% of his passes, 3,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, and made the playoffs. He was a damn good player. But he knew, eh, I had a good run. I've had some injuries. Let me let me take off into the sunset now. Brett Favre, you could argue he waited one year too long too long because at forty, Brett Favre had the Vikings in that NFC title game. Remember that excruciating loss to the Saints. He threw the pick. Uh, it was either in overtime or late in the game. But you'll remember the crossing pattern. They were driving, perhaps for the go ahead or tying score. I, I forget exactly, but Favre was tremendous that year. He came back with the Vikings. They were a mess. He threw 19 interceptions. They didn't make the playoffs, and it's like, okay, Brett Favre, you gots to go. So, I don't know. I look at this weekend's games, and to me, that's the storyline. Tom Brady at 41. Is this his final game? At Arrowhead. Tough environment. He pulls this off. Oh, my gosh. If the Patriots are able to win this game. It, I I will be floored. Now, it's different because they're on the road. But my last note here, and again, I do believe this will be Tom Brady's final game Sunday. There's a great quote. I think I used this on my Instagram once. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And we've got a matchup between 41-year-old Tom Brady and the young pupil, 23-year-old Pat Mahomes, who... I certainly doubted coming out of uh, Texas Tech. A lot of people doubted him in that air raid nonsense in the Big 12. All he's done in his first season as a starter, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, and he's in the AFC title game. It feels like a changing of the guard in the NFL is upon us. And we'll get to the Kyler Murray stuff later because obviously – there, the reason Kyler Murray a five foot nine quarterback has any shot of going in the first round is because the league is changing and when the student is ready Pat Mahomes the teacher will appear and I think Tom Brady appears for the final time this weekend as an NFL player we got a fabulous show today great guests pretty sick topics uh you know this boogie cousins return last night did you guys watch that Did you see any of the Boogie Cousins return? I mean, it's possible you didn't because NBA ratings have been cratering. Nobody's talking about it, interestingly. But coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, Boogie is back, but it's not going to matter. Nobody, nobody right now can save NBA TV ratings. That's next. There are some things that are too good to keep a
0: secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
8: From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
9: We are farmers. Bum, bum,
10: bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state. Good music
5: selection, Sammy. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Got a couple dejected Chargers fans in the studio today. Tough one. Out in uh New England last week. I guess um I, I was I could go with the half right, half wrong last week. Um I did say all four favorites on the money line, parlay them, they all won, but I was hard headed like a moron and took the points with the Chargers and the Cowboys, and neither came through. Neither last weekend's games weren't great. I know people want to freak out and be like, oh, these are the best weekend of NFL games? This is garbage. Uh, not really. I mean, the games weren't tremendous. I think Saints-Eagles was very good. Drama till the end. Um, but it, it is weird. And Gavin, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. By the way, we have Albert Breer coming up in about eight minutes. One of the better NFL columnists out there. Um, he'll drop some science. Also, we got to get into this Scott Linehan firing. Jerry Jones does it again. What a buffoon. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll get to that later. But when I, when I look at how folks react, you remember last year, last NFL season, so the 2017 season, Donald Trump, the president, of course, was going in on the NFL. There was the Kaepernick stuff, blah, blah, blah. And the ratings were down, and everybody was saying this is the death knell for the NFL. I won't soon forget a columnist for the Wall Street Journal, a good, talented guy, Jason Gay, he wrote a piece essentially saying, is this the apex of the NFL? It's all downhill from here. Would you even want to be an NFL owner? I won't forget it because I called him out on it on social media, and we went back and forth. And, of course, a year later, he kind of looked silly. And I tried to tell him that was going to happen. It was a weird year in the NFL in 2017. Quarterbacks were hurt. Of course, Wentz was leading the MVP race. He got hurt. Andrew Luck didn't play. Watson got knocked out. I think there were a couple other injuries. Um, And it was just, it was all around a rough year for the NFL. It happens. Well, they bounced back super strong this year. NFL is as good as it's been. I had no concerns. I don't have any future concerns. But here we have the NBA ratings. There's a story out of a New York tabloid this week. That the TNT ratings were down 22% so far this season. And the ESPN TV ratings were down 5%. And it's like, well, wow, that seems significant. How come nobody's talking about this? And it's one of those deals where, and I don't want to make this political, but it's impossible not to at least allude to it. The media, especially sports media, is overwhelmingly liberal and they love the NBA. And the sports media, whether it's the media writers, whether it's... uh, you know, actual NBA writers, NFL writers, people who cover the sport, or just casual fans who have a voice. They love the NBA. They think it's the greatest thing ever. Never mind that the Warriors have been a lock to make the finals for five years. Doesn't matter. And they they refuse to criticize the NBA when things are not going well. But at the first hint of a problem in the NFL, they're going all in. And I just think that's that's really pathetic. I mean, listen, I love the NBA. You guys know this. I like college basketball, NBA, college football, and I love the NFL. And I guess starting a gambling podcast has me even more into the NFL and college football lately. Um, but I, I I play basketball twice a week, three times if, if the wife will give me the okay. You know, I coach both my, well, my son's team, my daughter's kindergarten, so you know, I'm not coaching that one. But I love basketball. But when things are not going well, I'll admit it. And when you look at the standings and you see the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors at the top of the East, you're like, mm. I mean, really, are you carving out space on a Thursday night to watch Giannis against, you know, the Denver Nuggets, who are Denver Nuggets are on fire. By the way, I was looking at NBA lines earlier before the show started. The Denver Nuggets are favored by 17 and a half tonight. That's how good they are right now. But it's like the Denver Nuggets, a casual fan, doesn't care. The casual fan has not been won over by Jokic or Giannis, as good as these guys are. What have they want? Nothing. I think the Milwaukee Bucks haven't won a playoff series since like 2001. And I'm fairly certain the Nuggets haven't won a playoff series since like 2007. So you can't just hit me over the head with, Hey, these guys are really good. Watch them. And it's clear the general public agrees. Now, there is one huge element to this cratering of NBA TV ratings LeBron. LeBron used to be in Cleveland where he would always occupy the seven o'clock game or the eight o'clock game. So you get a lead into the night, which usually is the Warriors or a marquee franchise like the Lakers. I guess the Rockets have been watchable with James Harden the last couple of years, but when LeBron's out of that eight o'clock time slot, I mean, and Gavin, you know this as an NBA fan, you turn on TNT or whatever the early game is, and it's like, who in the East are you making must see TV? Like, I love Ben Simmons and the Sixers. Are, are you not changing the channel to watch him? Depends
4: on the matchup, I
5: think. Okay, I mean, well, I'll get fine. I'll give you a matchup in the East: Sixers Celtics gets me in. You know, Sixers Celtics, yep. okay. Just Bucks
4: Pacers. Those are two of the top three teams in the East. I think. That sounds like a game I'd love to bet on. <laughs> Bucks and Pacers, yeah. Uh,
5: and the, the other problem is Chicago stinks. And they're a marquee city, thanks to Michael Jordan. Uh, putting them on the map in the 80s and 90s. Um, and New York stinks. They're, the Knicks are unwatchable. Now, uh, I know we got a guest here coming up in three minutes. I, I'm just going to put this out there. The more I look at this NBA rating story and I look at how badly the league, the league, that's Adam Silver's league, needs a marquee star in an eastern seaboard city. Now, Boston's a good Got Kyrie Irving. They're good. Um, Kevin Durant to the Knicks is starting to make more sense to me. So, hey, the league thinks, man, Kevin, you kind of wrecked things when you went to Golden State. You know, uh, why don't you do us a solid, go to New York. We'll we'll see if we can get you Zion Williamson in New York. And uh, we'll get you Porzingis back from injury. And all of a sudden, it's starting to be like, well, maybe there is something here. Durant's always wanted his team. It's going to be his team if he goes to New York. And the league would love it. Kevin Durant would be on TV in all those early slots. I mean, Gavin, it's starting to line up, right? Like, that makes sense to me. Now, I know uh, Chicago Bulls fans really want Anthony Davis to come home. Doesn't seem like that's happening. Now, stranger things have happened. Maybe they put together a package for him, but uh, I don't personally see it at this juncture. But it's starting to look like, and again, when you look at the ratings for the NBA and how badly they're down, some of this Kevin Durant New York stuff makes sense. Now, Durant will be in L.A. all weekend. All weekend. He was here last night as the Clippers got destroyed by the return of Boogie Cousins, who looked pretty good. Uh, Three or four from deep. He obviously can't move his feet on defense, but that's nothing new. Uh, He looks like he could probably lose about seven or eight pounds. But he's making shots. Uh, Afterward, he had a funny comment about, man, how do Kevin Durant and Steph Curry deal with all this media? Remember, DeMarcus Cousins was in Sacramento. Ain't no media there. He was in New Orleans. Ditto. No media. Now, he's on the front lines. Everywhere he goes, he's on the greatest show in the NBA. So, interesting stuff happening with the Lakers. I'm sure we'll read some Kevin Durant stories this weekend. And, of course, I'm very excited for Monday night. Hopefully, KD versus LeBron. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, my guy Albert Breer drops by talking NFL coaching Free agency, yes, even the draft. That's all next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenklaw for the latest.
11: Good morning, Jason. And speaking of DeMarcus Cousins, he indeed made his Golden State Warriors debut in Friday night's 18-point victory over the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Durant with the dribble, guarded by Tobias Harris, pick and roll with Cousins. Durant off that screen, bounce pass Boogie, look out, right hand slam for Boogie Cousins. Welcome back.
11: Tim Roy, the call on 95.7 the game. Cousins had 14 points, including three three three-pointers before fouling out, but had a plus-minus rating of plus 21 in just 15 minutes of action. Kyrie Irving scored 38 in the Celtics' win over the Grizzlies. D'Angelo Russell scored a career-high 40 as the Nets rallied from 21 down to win at Orlando. Don't look now, but the Nets have won 16 of their last 21. At the Australian Open today, one-seed Simona Halep eliminated Venus Williams. Serena Williams won her third-round match, so it'll be Halep against Serena in round four. We'll go back to Jason McIntyre in 10 seconds, but
8: first a word from Farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
10: We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
11: Jason, back to you.
5: Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, I I like to introduce him as one of the most plugged-in guys in NFL circles, uh, Albert Breer joining us from Monday, from the MMQB. Albert, good morning. How are you?
12: I'm doing good. How are you doing, j Matt?
5: You know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff I got to get to you with. Uh, obviously, this weekend's games, we will. But I, I, I got to start with the Cowboys, if we could, real quick. I, this just still stuns me. So Jason Garrett, the day, at, or I guess Monday, after the loss to the Rams, comes out and says, yeah, I don't anticipate any major changes on the staff. He said that at a press right. conference. The video's out there. Four, 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 I guess four and a half, five days later, Jerry Jones fires offensive coordinator Scott Linehan. Now, the timing's awful because basically everybody good is off the market, right? Everybody right. That you would want's off the market. And why would you do this to Dak after three years with the guy? Dak's been very yeah. good. And now you're going to have to learn maybe an entire new system when you're about to give yeah. Dak a huge contract? Albert, try to help me make sense of this. Well,
12: I just take you back, okay? And, and and if you want to go back to earlier in the year when we were all talking about Jason's job security, um, my understanding at that point was really there were only two coaches that 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 Jason that, that the Cowboys would walk away from Jason Garrett for, and one was Sean Payton and the other was Lincoln Riley. Um, and so you know, I I think if you if you look at that, you can sort of read into some of the things that are going on here. Uh, look, there are teams out there that are looking at what teams like the Chiefs and the Rams and the Patriots, um, and the Saints are doing and saying, I want that. Like, <laughs> I want our offense to look like that. I want to be more forward thinking. And, you know, a lot of it, J-Mac, comes down to being willing to, willing and adaptable to what's coming into football right now, which is a lot of concepts from the college game, a lot of, you know, different stuff, um, that we haven't seen in the NFL before. And, you know, I, I think Jerry is probably one of those owners that got bit by that bug and said, oh, "I want the offense to look a little bit more like what I'm seeing in some other places where they're a little bit more forward thinking." And I think through the process of, I mean, look they've they, they've built a relationship with Lincoln Riley, like they there's they've they've studied what's happening at the college game, and I think in the process of doing that, um, they've really fallen in love with some of the stuff that they've seen. I think there's a piece of this for them that's, we want to put Dak in a situation where, you know, he has someone who's very forward thinking and who's willing to build an offense that works for him specifically here. And so I think that's sort of where the idea comes from, that they want to be more innovative, more forward thinking, um, you know, on offense. And they love Jason. They love Jason as a program builder. They love everything that he's done there. Um, But I feel like this is sort of a way to, fiddle it a little bit, where you get to keep Jason Garrett, but maybe you follow the idea that attracted you, that, 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 that it would attract you to guys like Sean Payton and Lincoln Riley in the okay. first place.
5: All right, Albert Breer, that's fair. But give me the name of the guy who's going to come in, because Lincoln Riley's not taking the OC job, who's going to come right. in with these college concepts. Because the names I'm hearing, Todd Haley, uh, Ken Wisenhunt, these guys are retreads who've been around the league. They're not young guys.
12: Yeah, but I mean, I think that if you look at like a Haley, he'd be willing to do some more stuff because they were doing some stuff in Cleveland hmm. to help out Baker Mayfield. I mean, I, I give Andy Reid's name as somebody who really ran, now I'm not talking about him for Cowboys those two right, right, right. but 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 somebody who, if you look, like he was he went back after he got fired by Philly. He hired Chris Alt from the University of Nevada, who Ooh. was Kaepernick's coach in yes. Nevada, and he learned how to. He learned like, like here's what I need to do to help Alex Smith. Like here's what I need to do to help all these kids that are coming out of college. And Andy Reid was really willing to reinvent himself, and that's given his coaching career a new life. No one was looking at Andy Reid as this innovator six years ago, that's right? Like now he's one of the now he's again, again for a second time one of the foremost offensive innovators in the league, and it's because he's willing to do it. And so I think, you know, somebody like Todd Haley, you know, uh, that could be someone who has shown some willingness to bend and to do that sort of thing. And, you know, so I think you can look at some older coaches who may be a little bit more willing or are more flexible than Scott Linehan uh, were. And then, I mean, there's always, you know, the idea that you could, you know, go down to the college level and take a swing. I will remind you, Jay, like last year, do you remember what Mike Brable and the Tennessee Titans tried to do?
5: No, uh, when they got Lafleur, they tried to hire before they
12: hired Lafleur. Lafleur was their second choice. Okay, they tried to hire Ryan Day from Ohio State.
5: Oh, and Ohio! State Ohio State it, it all comes circle Ohio of State. Yes, yes,
12: yes. Right. So they 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 tried. Mike Vrabel tried to hire Ryan Day out of Ohio State. Now it seemed like a swing at the time. Now it doesn't anymore. No, right? Like it now that man. now that makes sense. So I, the reason I'm bringing that up is because, you know. Like, like that could be the sort of idea that could work, too, where it's somebody that maybe you haven't heard as much about at the college level who is very, very well-respected in those circles Mm -hmm. who they could pull up.
5: I like that. All right, Albert Breer, MMQB. You can follow him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. All right, let me ask you this. I opened the show saying, I believe this could be Tom Brady's final game as an NFL player. Uh, You know, he's 41, going to be 42. Yeah. He's looking around that locker room. Not a lot of guys who've been with him for the for a decade. Uh, your thoughts. If if Brady and the Patriots lose, does he return next year? Belichick sixty seven, Grunk, seemingly on the verge of retirement. Yeah.
12: I, I almost feel like I don't know, like I almost feel like if he lost that would be more motivation to come back. Um hmm. uh, I, I honestly I you know what? I don't I honestly don't think it has much to do with whether whether he wins or loses the game though. I think that would be a pretty minor factor. Um, I I think I'm almost certain he is going to come back. He has said he's going to come back. But there are lots of moving pieces here. Yeah. And so what does Gronk do, right? And if you look at their cap, like the the guys who uh, occupy the five biggest cap numbers on the team, and that's Gronk, Gronk, Hightower, uh, McCourty, Gilmore, and Brady. Those five guys, they're – take on the cap goes from about 66 million to almost 80 million next year and all those guys when next year starts are going to be 29 and older. so they've got like major decisions to make on what they want to do with their roster and the reason i'd even hesitate at all about brady coming back is i I think the 2018 was supposed to be the rebuild with jimmy garoppolo at quarterback brady obviously screwed that up but i think they've held on to the team the way it's currently constituted for an extra year because they've got an older quarterback, eventually that Band-Aid's got to come off. And that's like the only thing that makes me hesitate is that if you're 42 years old and you're looking at potentially a, a one or a two or a three-year rebuild. No thanks. Might that make you sort of think a little differently? That's yeah. the one thing that makes me hesitate. And I remember, look, I had a conversation with Drew Brees about this over the summer. And I said to him, do you still want to play till you're 45? And he said, he said, I think I can. And he said, "I don't." But 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 then he just sort of shook his head. He was <laughs> like, "I don't know what I'm going to want to do when I'm 42 yeah. or 43." He's like, "I just don't know." So you know, I think that there's a piece of this that's you yeah,
9: know listen, when, we eight to, when we get
12: to April, do we get to April and we know what the team is going to look like and we have an idea of what they've done? Um, I think it's hard to project anything. But I, I like I, I just the, the reason I the reason I say I'm almost certain that he will come back is that. Like, blocking now would really leave the Patriots in a lurch. And I just, I don't think Brady would do that to the craft family. That's a very good point.
5: All right, Breer, let me get you out of here. Kyler Murray, what's the latest you're hearing? I kind of tried to break down on the big lead how many teams could use him at quarterback, Uh, either as a, you know, they've got their starter like a Phillip Rivers, uh, who the Rivers apparently and the Chargers kicked the tires on Lamar Jackson last year. They didn't end up drafting him. But I had 13 teams potentially in the mix for Kyler Murray. Um do you think you know this is a this is like a seminal moment for the NFL. It's five yeah. foot nine quarterback, the league's changing. Your thoughts as well. well this is
12: I mean you gotta remember too though, J Mack. I mean I like all right, like so not only is he shorter, um significantly shorter than Baker Mayfield, like quite a bit shorter than Russell Wilson. So not only is there that, there's also like Russell and Baker, they're short, they're not small. This guy is short and small, you know, which is, I think, a factor too, is that those guys are bigger, stockier guys, so now you're talking about a guy where if he's going to run around, not only is he short, but he's also smaller, so there's the question, is he going to be able to hold up against the punishment that he'll see in the NFL? And remember, in the Big 12, he was going up against Big 12 defenses, and here's an amazing stat for you, okay? Two years ago, there were six defensive players from the Big 12 invited to the Combine. There were seven players from Alabama alone.
9: Yeah. All right, so that's what,
12: been, that's what Kyler Murray's been up against. And he's been playing behind the best offensive line in college football. So we don't know if he can, hit, we don't know if he'll be able to hold up to the punishment of playing that position and getting hit the way he'd get hit in the NFL. There's a lot of questions here. He's an ex- he's a dynamic athlete. He's got a lot of juice in his arm. He's got a ton of potential. And if you could guarantee that he's going to be able to hold up and stay healthy. I think a lot of teams would be intrigued. There's just no history of a player this size really making it at that position. And so, that's why I think most teams look at him and say second or third round pick. Now, the caveat there, of course, is if you're a quarterback with a second round grade or a third round grade, a lot of times you wind up going in the first round just because of the demand of the position.
5: Oh, interesting. All right, I just want to say, like Lamar Jackson did not run at the Combine. Do you think there's anything Kyler Murray won't do? Uh, I know we're still... Uh, I, I don't know.
12: I mean, I, I, I honestly, like, that That much I don't know. I, I, uh, I think that there's... I mean, look, I will say this for Kyler Murray. He's crushing it from a business standpoint. Yeah. I mean, like, what he's done... Like, you know, when he – really without much of a football resume to be able to score that $5 million bonus in June, then turn around and, like, make part of that deal that he can play football for another year, maximizing the year of football, and then leveraging that football against baseball again. From a business standpoint, he's crushing it. I don't know. I mean, I think the next real uh, checkpoint in all of this is probably – the combine is probably february 18th which is when the da's um position players report to spring training so um it's gonna be a fascinating story going forward no question about right.
9: it
5: Albert If I'm, or... him,
12: I'm him if i'm him i run at the combine though i don't know about you okay. but run, yeah I no no i want to see it
5: i think he's a four four guy at least right he's an incredible
12: athlete you know just just go out and showcase all of that showcase how much better of an athlete that you are you are than a Dwayne haskins or or a uh, daniel jones
5: certainly all right, Albert Breer, the great Albert Breer from MMQB. Albert, thanks. Enjoy the weekend, man. Thanks, you, Matt. Uh, boy, interesting stuff. So he's not on board with my Brady in his final game. But this, th- that rebuild that he talked about in New England is fascinating. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Remember when I gave out some inside intel late last month on an NBA young star? And I got pushed back, and the guy went after me on Twitter. Well, look what happened this week. We'll talk about that next.
8: A load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
5: We are
10: farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
5: Back here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good stuff from Albert Breer. If you just missed that interview, you're going to want to download the podcast when it comes out later. This Brady stuff is really interesting. If it's the end for him, holy cow. Now, remember, the NFL took a hit when Peyton Manning retired, right? Um, Just because he was like an ambassador in the league. Everybody liked him. Your mom, who's 55 or 65 years old, knows Tom Brady. He can transition easily from the NFL – to the today show to the cover of us weekly like that's the realm brady's in the nfl doesn't want to lose him obviously all right so uh listen we take our medicine when we're wrong around here and we're hey, listen it's sports they're unpredictable you're going to be wrong often and when you're right hey listen you expect uh hey guys remember that so in the end of december i think it was december 29th I came on here and told a story about Dennis Smith Jr., the Mavericks. And I I think producer Gavin at the time looked at me like, what is, where are we going here? Here's what I said at the time about Dennis Smith Jr., second-year player of the Dallas Mavericks. And I heard something recently about the Dallas Mavericks. That Dennis Smith, who I love. I love Dennis Smith as a player, man. That kid is talented. I wish the Knicks had drafted him. I had heard that Dennis Smith, We know he's a me-first point guard. You know, people say, oh, he's kind of Russell Westbrook-ish. I had heard that Dennis Smith of the Mavericks had started irking his teammates this year because he's a little bit too me-first. He's supposed to be a point guard. He's not playing like a point guard. J.J. Barea is a pass-first point guard. And some of the players, let's just say players who are used to playing with point guards who get them the ball for dunks, they prefer the pass-first point guard. So J.J. Barea, I think, tore his Achilles about 10 days ago. I don't have the exact date in front of me. And it was one of those, like, oh, no. Like, the Mavericks have not played well since. And when I mean play well, distribute the ball, everybody's happy. And, you know, Dennis Smith is really their only other option. I know Luka Doncic can have the offense flow through him. But I want to go back to what I initially heard is it wasn't just teammates irking him. Carlisle called him in individually, sat him down and said, here's the deal. Okay, you need to pass more to your teammates. You know, you got to get everybody involved. You know, stop battling your own teammates for stats. You know, they, they can tell. And Smith is one of these young millennial athletes. And I think we'll touch on this later. He's never been told you're not the guy. Ever. High school, NC State. Rookie year, and now he's being told, you're not the guy, dial it back. And he did not take that well. And I know he came after me a little bit on social media when I initially told this story. It's all 100% true. And according to Woj this week, they're trying to trade him. Now, part of me is hearing uh, something interesting that where the Mavericks don't want to deal him. They were hoping that he would take this news as a wake-up call. I don't think he is accepting the wake up call, unfortunately. My gut tells me they're not going to deal him. But uh, again, if he's not getting the wake up call, hey, dude, we need you as a team player, not as Dennis Smith. I'm going to drop 40 on Duke and Cameron. You know, we need team player. Okay. Dennis Smith, young athletes, listen closely. I know you were doted over in high school, youth sports. Wake up when you get to the pros. You got to wake up. Coming up next year. On the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. The LA Rams, can you believe it? They're on the cusp of a Super Bowl. And at the same time, LeBron is on the cusp of a return. That's next. Hour number two here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Kind of a weird Saturday in sports. It's the first Saturday without football. I assume many of my friends on the East Coast um, are probably digging heavily into college basketball or digging out from under the snowstorm that drilled them. Uh, this week, a lot of my buddies were off, uh, just kind of gambling on midweek NBA and college basketball. I love getting those texts from you guys. Um, and here we are the first Saturday without football in a while, probably since what August and now we got eight more months of it. So you got to spend some time with the family, watch a little college hoops on your phone, maybe do uh listen to my gambling podcast. You're obviously listening to this show. And then Sunday, you're ready. You're ready to dig into football. Championship weekend. We haven't even touched on Rams-Chiefs yet. Uh, I did a lot of research for that game, and I basically came back with, this is a coin toss. <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. Rams and the Saints. I, I like that game. I-, I think Chiefs-Patriots is slightly better from a storyline angle because of, as I open the show with, is this Tom Brady's final game? Does he hang him up? Albert Breer doesn't totally agree with me. He was on the show earlier. Um, It's it's fascinating. I want to quickly touch on uh, the Rams-Saints game because that's another one where the gap in age between quarterbacks is massive. It's not quite as big as Brady Mahomes. But Drew Brees has been around for a while. This is another guy who said he wants to play for a long time. He wants to play well into his 40s. And you've got on the other side Jared Goff, and I and I listen. I like Jared Goff. I'm a fan of his work. He had a good statistical season, but it's undeniable that in the second half he was not the same quarterback this season. Sean McVay, smart young coach, saw that and pivoted to make the offense run heavy. I mean, it helped that the Dallas Cowboys were tipping their defensive plays. Uh, if you read that story. The, uh, the Rams were able to read what the Cowboys' defensive linemen were doing by their alignment, whether it was their hands or uh, standing up straight on the defensive end or, or getting down. And that's a big reason they were ab- able to average six yards a carry. C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. It's so weird. Uh, I don't remember one person last week mentioning C.J. Anderson in any game preview. It was all, is Gurley healthy? Oh, Cooper Cup's not here. Well, Akeem Talib is back. Well, Aaron Donald is unblockable. And, and there was no mention of C.J. Anderson, the undeniable MVP of that game, was C.J. Anderson. Now, I got to give McVeigh a lot of credit. Uh, he delivered in a big spot. Loved, absolutely loved the call of Jared Goff on the QB sneak on third, and I guess it was third and nine to lock up the game. But now Jared Goff has to go on the road. And I know a lot of Rams buddies of mine have season tickets. Um, In eight road games this season, Jared Goff, 10 TDs, nine interceptions. At home, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions. The home road splits for Goff are significant, folks. I had a uh, friend of mine, smart uh, guy, listens to my gambling podcast, likes to gamble. He actually said, I wouldn't trust Jared Goff to mow my lawn. And I felt bad because I like, I like Goff. He's a good quarterback. But this is a big game on the road. The noise decibel levels. And it's weird with Goff. You can look at it two ways. Well, he wasn't good in the first half when they trailed the Saints 35-14 in the earlier meeting. Or well, Goff was really good bringing them back to tie the game at 35 in New Orleans. So and this, we'll do this with Kyler Murray later. Like, boy, Kyler Murray played well against Alabama. Yeah, but they were down 28-0. Like, Alabama's defense kind of softened up. Like, of course he's going to do well. So, you know, you can look at these games either way. I'm, I haven't got the picks official yet. I think we'll do them at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Um, two picks. I got, even got a couple gambling props for you because there's only two games. And I don't feel like there's any value. Let me just, I guess our guest is coming up here shortly. L- L- let me just remind you that the big money gamblers, the guys who win the most, who are successful, they like to stay on the sidelines in the playoffs, specifically championship weekend, because there's not a lot of value to be had. The lines are sharp. There's really been no wig. You look at the lines. There's been almost no wiggle room at all this week. Rams opened up at plus three and a half. There's still plus three and a half. I mean, they're, they're, they've they come down to three with a juiced. Uh, you got to pay a little extra if you want the the Saints at three. So there's been almost no movement there. And the one where I think there's value. A little bit is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um it's currently at 3 but you got to lay uh for instance 120 bucks to make 100 usually it's 110. Um so I think there is some sharp money going to come in on the Chiefs. The public overwhelmingly is on the Patriots because as you guys know the two Chargers fans here. Last week the public loved the Chargers. I remember the books the sports books came out Sunday morning and said we need the Patriots. All the money is on the Chargers. Like come on that was such a tell oh, the sports books who win more than they lose need the Patriots. Well, a home favorite. The Patriots, Belichick and Brady. Come on, that's a layup. This week, the same public, Gavin and Nick, listen closely. That same public who love the Chargers, they're all saying, Oh, it's the Patriots. We misread it. The Patriots are now going on the road. The Patriots on the road have been destroyed by Jacksonville, Detroit. Tennessee, they looked very poor against Pittsburgh. We know I'm I'm, I'm gonna almost discount the Miami Dolphins lost. Toss it out the window. Um, I mean they lost that, but I don't think they looked that bad in that game. Uh, and this is just a different animal. I don't care about the Arctic blast silliness. That's totally irrelevant. But when I look at um, these two games, like. I guess I'm a little more excited for Patriots-Chiefs because it could be the end of Brady. And as a Jets fan, yes, I'm longing for that day. But at the same time, Rams-Saints, that feels like it could could go either way. Now, I just want to quickly give a word of caution. If you like the Rams because they beat the Cowboys and the Saints didn't look good. So Drew Brees throws a pick on his first pass of the game, the very first play of the game. And my first thought was, wow, underthrown. The next series, they I don't think Kamara gets a touch. They go three and out, and they're down 14 nothing. Folks, remember, the New Orleans Saints, basically, Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara did not play for three weeks. They didn't play in week 17. They had the bye week, and then they had the next week before – Sunday's game against the Eagles and they looked it down 14 nothing from the jump. Yes, I was nervous as heck uh for my Saints um my Saints money line pick. And after that though, when they settled down after the three-week layoff, now yes, I know the defense played in week 17 and Kyle Allen, the former uh high school legend who bounced around a couple colleges unfortunate college career. He For Carolina, playing for Cam Newton, he was tremendous. Carved him up. That was the first-team Saints defense. But that Saints defense, over the final three quarters, gave up less than 100 yards of offense. That's the defense. Jared Goff and Sean McVay are going up against. I, I want to make a case for the Rams. I, I It's just so tough to bet against a team that hasn't lost a home playoff game I believe since like 92 Like, I mean it's Breeze it's Peyton give me Gavin where do the Rams have a distinct advantage would you say in the running game overall Kamara and Ingram versus C.J. Anderson and Gurley I mean I know what they did to Dallas
4: but overall I would have to go push and here's my other thing: is who is more built to come from behind? If there's, you know, if they get down to a deficit early, you're thinking the Saints. Saints I, it's yeah. hard to imagine Jared Goff bringing the Rams yeah. back from ten down or fourteen down. They were down 20,
5: uh, 35-14, though. He did bring them back. I mean, again, he had Cooper Cup for that game. No and Cooper was that Cup at yet.
4: home or on the road? That
5: was in New Orleans. Now they tied it up, but they still lost by ten. Um, I-, I will say this, and. Uh, I said nobody talked about C.J. Anderson last week. I don't think enough people are talking about Sheldon Rankins, the defensive lineman of the Saints, interior run stopper, disruptive guy. He tore his Achilles, or at least that's the report. Either either way, he's not playing for the rest of the season. He's out. So if you take him out, now I know the replacement, I, I don't remember his name, but I heard some information that he's actually pretty good against the run, so it's not a huge loss. I think that could be significant. Their tight uh,
4: end is out as well. Benjamin the, Watson. Benjamin Watson, yeah. who's a great blocking tight end.
5: Uh, and Aqib Tlaib is back. He did not play in the earlier meeting. We know Marcus Peters got undressed badly <laughs> by Michael Thomas. Uh, so there are a couple advantages for the Rams, but the last, I'll close with this, the last five years, home favorites in conference championship games are 10-0 straight up, 9-1 and against the spread. If you're at home, championship weekend, you win. Now, the last time the home teams didn't win, both road teams won. Um, Kaepernick went into Atlanta with Frank Gore. You guys remember that game? It was a great game. You can look that up on YouTube. I think the Falcons took an early lead, and Kaepernick and Frank Gore brought him back. Vernon Davis was a killer in that game. And that same year, um, I believe it was the Baltimore Ravens went into New England.
4: Or did yes. They... No, I think that was 2012.
5: Yeah, 2012. Yeah. That was the year. The Ravens won. So then the Ravens lost the Super Bowl, of course, to the Niners. Really good Super Bowl where the lights went out uh, in New Orleans. So that's a quick breakdown of Sunday's games coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Very divided opinions on this next guy. Kyler Murray, you know him well. We heard Albert Breer last hour touch on it. It's a slight five-foot-nine guy. Who's taking him in the first round? Well, I think there's a lot of teams that could look at him, and I think he's definitely going in the first round. We'll talk about that next. There are some things that are too good to
0: keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
7: Available online Saturday, May 4th at JCP.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
8: From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
9: We
10: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
5: Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We've got some, uh, I guess this qualifies as breaking news, gentlemen. From the NBA, it sounds like Anthony Davis, the great Pelicans center who doesn't want to be called a center, is going to be out one to two weeks with a sprained left index finger. The Pelicans announce it. Uh, I got to say, it is looking bleak (laughs) for Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Uh, They lost again last night to Portland. That was an easy cover for the Blazers at home. Uh, New Orleans now 21-25, 11 back in the West. They are four back of the Lakers for the eighth spot. It's looking bleak for New Orleans. They badly want to trade. They will try to bring on anybody to keep... Anthony Davis, it feels futile to me. I don't know. We're going to bring in our next guest here um, to try to make sense of this. He knows the Lakers well. He also knows the Rams well. Bill Plaschke, L.A. Times, he's joining the show. Boys and girls, it's Bill. Bill, how are you? We haven't sparred in a little while. It's like uh,
2: people are expecting the Saints to have a coronation tomorrow. They're, they're, they're wrong. But the people are already partying. Like the Saints have already won the game. It's crazy.
5: Wow. Well, Bill, let me ask you this: What are you more excited for, Rams, Saints, or LeBron's potential return Monday against the Warriors at Staples?
2: LeBron's not coming back to the, uh, against the Warriors. I don't think. I don't think. It'll, I mean, I think he. I think he should be back. I think he should probably try to rush himself back. I think the Lakers need him that badly. I'm not so sure that, that that's going to happen Monday. I'm sure the Rams are going to play the Saints on Sunday. I'm more excited about that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the uh, – and also, I, I was out, out at the Lakers last week, and no matter what happened to Oklahoma City, they're, without LeBron, they're, un, they're almost unwatchable. They're almost unwatchable. I don't
5: totally disagree with that, yeah. Um, and, you know, and, you
2: know and, and that's why when you said breaking news with Anthony Davis, I thought, well, if he's going to say he got traded – he didn't get traded to the Lakers. Because there's no <laughs> way. There's no way New Orleans is taking what the Lakers are offering. Well, you don't
3: think they're point. clamoring to get their hands on Brandon Ingram and Lonzo? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and really, and that's been the whole story. That's been the story of this Lakers season. Is that they're slowly, if they're not careful,
2: they're going to blow it for next summer. I mean, can you imagine next summer if they can't get AD and they, some reason, they don't sign one of the big free agents? Can you imagine? Well, imagine let's what's go. I mean, let's on? go
5: through it, Bill. They're not getting Clay Thompson. We, let's just cross that off. The
2: right. List. That's a cross off tree. the list.
5: Okay. Kawhi Leonard. Let's just forget about. It. I mean, right I now, think, uh, I think Kawhi Clippers, probably stays in Toronto. That's my guess right now. All right. All right. He's all right. He did Clippers. Start, we know or, or, the Clippers or, won. Or,
12: or he goes to the Clippers.
4: Right. Right. Okay.
5: Okay. So now you're left with we got Jimmy Butler. I Jimmy like Jimmy Butler. Butler. You're not a fan. I know he's a Hollywood no, uh, guy. No. No.
2: No. Hey, dude, not, he not is a fan of the way he's
5: doing. Also, also,
2: how about them trolling? Minnesota last week after they beat them that was so we that was so sophomore him and Embiid they trolled Minnesota after they beat them I, I got
5: no problem that's with that. that Jimmy Butler is a dude you don't want to mess with by the way I heard you were messing with Marcus Peters and he's angry at you.
2: Oh my God I <laughs> asked him about <laughs> hey, his fear for your life Bill that's an Oakland him, kid I asked him about his performance and about the how 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 he's done this season and he acted and he said what are you getting at I mean <laughs> what, do, what do you what do you mean what am I getting at yeah, so I mean, that, that's why I think the Rams are going to win on Sunday. I'm, I, I, I don't want to keep switching topics here. I think the Rams are going to win on Sunday. Peters was really wound up. The Rams are all wound up. I mean, they're they're very after beating you know the heck out of Dallas last week. They're very very uh, self assured. They're very confident this game, and they, they've got they've got you know they have what they didn't have when they lost to the Saints in Week Nine. You know they they have uh, CJ Anderson. They got two running backs instead of one with just Gurley. And they have a to lead playing defense, playing at the cornerback, which he didn't. He wasn't in games the first game. I mean, the Rams are a better team. Anyway, I switch to
5: topic. no, no. Let, let's go back to the Rams, Bill. It's funny uh, they got C.J. Anderson like three weeks ago. Somebody says that. It's like who? C.J. Anderson I, is he still I would playing say, NFL?
2: He did, he did. I would. I would have said exactly that. In fact, I was stunned. He's gained like four hundred and something yeah. yards in three weeks, yep. uh, and, and and he's fresh. He's fresh. He has the freshest legs in the NFL right now. He was he was at Oakland and he and he never carried the ball. He never carried the ball in Carolina and they got him off the street. Yeah, and le- uh, stunning. Le-
5: but let me ask you about a guy. I like him personally, but Jared Goff's home road splits are undeniable. Oh, at home, you're right. You're 22 right. Twenty two touchdowns, four I picks him, on the road.
3: He, he's 10 TDs, 9 I love nine him personally. At,
5: I, 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 he seems like a good human being. But, man, on the road, he has looked ghastly. I don't want to hear about, oh, he was great against the Niners in Week 17. I don't care. Tell me what he's done on the road. This is a tough spot, No, no
2: he he's going to have to make, I think this is the key to the game. He's going to have to make five big throws in this game. Can he do that? I don't know. He hasn't done that before. You're right. It's about, you know, we're all talking about, including me, I'm, I'm leading the charge, talking about the running backs and the cornerbacks. But it's really Breeze versus golf. And, uh golf has yet to prove it on this kind of a big stage in fact he didn't even he didn't need to do much to beat dallas he rushed for 273 yards against the cowboys last week they you know golf just kind of managed the game this is yeah the ball they're gonna put the ball in his hands he's got to make at least five big downfield throws for them to win this game i agree with you on that but i think he will
5: We're talking with Bill Plaschke, L.A. Times. So, Bill, I don't remember if Eli Apple had already been traded to the Saints, but Lattimore, the great cornerback, he's not playing like he did early in the year when he struggled. He was great with two picks uh, against the Eagles, two game-changing plays last week. You gotta assume. Well,
2: hold, hold on. Well, hold on. That one pick went, went right through Alshon Jeffrey's hands. Okay? So, Still, he's so, got uh, he's
5: got to catch that. We see seen yeah, quarterbacks okay, drop okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And, and then the early one, which was huge, on the underthrown ball by Colts. Right, Folster. right. But you gotta assume he's gonna show up. Uh, I know they're missing Sheldon Rankins on
3: the line, and that does which give him huge. Hope. That's huge. Yeah, Sheldon Rankins is huge against the run.
5: Yeah, but Bill, right. are too many people saying, man? Saints looked bad last week. Remember, Drew Brees, essentially, he missed Week 17. They skipped him. Then they had the bye. He had essentially had three weeks off.
3: Uh, the Saints, and he looked rusty I'm, I'm sorry, J-Mac. The Saints haven't looked good for about five weeks. Their offense, in the last five weeks, Brees has five
2: touchdown passes and four interceptions. That's Drew Brees. Usually yeah. he has that. As fantasy players know, he has that in one day. Yeah. A lot uh five times so i I don't know their offense has slowed down there is no question they have slowed down I don't know whether they're wearing down or what or the breezes are so yeah I, you know what I think folks are I don't think I don't think people are making too much of that they're not the same team I don't think that they were in the middle of the season and the Rams are better I don't think the Saints. I think the Saints are worse they're more worn down uh so yeah no, I think that's that's a legit factor in this game
5: no doubt about it we're talking with bill plasky of the la times all right bill let me get give me a tom brady take that i can take to the bank i i hope this is his final game i think it'd be smart for him to hang him up win or lose here i mean obviously if he loses he's not going to win and hang him up but it seems to me like the changing of the guard is upon us in the afc a lot of teams on the come up we have patriots listen, struggled have
2: Said this you know, the way you're saying that, it's like you're really hoping that happens. Yes. So am I. So is all of America <laughs> except New England. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not getting suckered. I'm not getting suckered until I see them oh. actually help carried off the field, both him and Belichick. I'm not betting against oh, them. Wait, are you I, picking I, the how Patriots? How, I, I, think, I, think, dude, I think New England wins on Sunday. I, can't, wow. I don't know how anybody can bet against them right now until we see them finally, finally vanquished. Wow. Because he got, look, look here, Pat, uh, what has Patrick Mahomes done in a big game? He's never been in a game like this before. You know, it's been, it's been 18 years since a quarterback who made his starting debut in the season won a Super Bowl that season. That hasn't happened in 18 years. Yeah. The last one to do it was Tom Brady. Uh, I don't think Mahomes is, is you know, is, is a guy to do that. I mean, I just, I just don't think, like also the Patriots, they have, don't forget, they have the best deep ball secondary In football, I know the defense gets ripped for for a lot of things, but uh, but but McCourty and Chung and those guys, the best deep ball secondary in the NFL. I I, I, I don't know. I I'm I'm telling you, everybody's on this Chiefs bandwagon. Have we have we done this before? Haven't we doubted the Patriots before? I hate them. I want them out of there like as much as anybody else does.
5: All right, so Bill, uh, it's going to happen. Well, the producer here, who you know well, is, are you cool if we play the You versus Marcus Peters audio just so we can laugh at it? It's funny.
3: Oh, of course.
5: All right, we're, we're yeah, going to play it. All right, here it is, Bill. Stick around. I have one final question. Here's the audio. Right. Bill Plaschke versus Marcus Peters. Right. How would you evaluate your
8: season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, But you personally? I think we ain't done yet. <laughs> so what you getting at?
3: No, I'm wondering Do you think, according to the stats, you've had a season below below your normal standards. Oh,
2: yeah, that's cool. I mean, coming to this game, I come from a place where you're going to have your ups and downs. As long as your ass don't stay on the ground, you pick yourself up, and you look yourself in the mirror, and you keep striving and you keep you keep building to become the best player that you can be and become the best uh, person that you can be, I think all the rest will take care of yourself. My resume speaks for itself. Everybody have bad days. I mean, you come to work, and you wake up some days, you don't feel like going to work, right?
8: It's a bad day. Today, today, yeah. See, it's a bad day. <laughs> he just asked a bad question. Even, so next. even more
5: so today, yeah. Uh, Bill, be careful, man. Peters is gangster. <laughs> yeah, he's he yeah. a little. Yeah, I was
2: having a good day until about right then. Yeah, and
5: he—he'll stare, stare daggers at you, right? Oh, he stared.
2: How did you know that you know? He stared daggers at me as he walked off the podium. He's intense. Going back to the locker room. He's all
5: right. So, Bill, will I see you alive at Lakers uh, Warriors on Monday?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, because uh, yeah, and uh, but I'll, I'll and if I'm not there, it's because I'm getting ready to for the Super Bowl that the Rams are going to be in. Yes. Guarantee right. it right now.
5: Bill Plaschke, L.A. Times. Bill, good stuff. Have a great weekend. Good luck See to you your guys. Rams. Thanks, guys. All right, Bill Plaschke, L.A. Times. Always a character. He he fills in here sometimes on Fox Sports Radio. He knows his sports and uh, he's not afraid of anybody. That includes Marcus Peters coming up next year. On the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. You know what? We haven't talked enough Jets, folks. Bob Glauber, uh, columnist at Newsday, president of the Pro Football Writers of America. He's next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports.
11: Jason Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans is expected to miss one to two weeks with a sprained left index finger with the injury occurring in last night's loss at Portland. The Pelicans have lost three of four and are four games out of the final playoff spot in the Western Conference. On the court Friday night, Davis' former teammate DeMarcus Cousins made his Golden State Warriors debut in an 18-point victory over the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Durant with the dribble, guarded by Tobias Harris, pick and roll with Cousins. Durant off that screen, bounce pass Boogie, look out, right hand slam for Boogie Cousins. Welcome
11: back. Indeed, Tim Roy the call on 95.7 the game. Cousins had 14 points, including three three-pointers. He fouled out, but at a plus-minus rating of plus 21 in just 15 minutes of playing time. Kyrie Irving scored 38 in the Celtics' win over the Grizzlies. D'Angelo Russell, career-high 40 as the Nets rallied from 21 down to win at Orlando. Brooklyn's won 16 of its last 21. And at the Australian Open today, number 1 seed Simona Halep eliminated Venus Williams. Serena Williams won her third-round match, so it'll be Halep against Serena in round four. We'll be back to Jason
8: McIntyre in 10 seconds, but first... A word from farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
9: We
10: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
8: Perhaps
11: Plasky should sign up prior to his next encounter with Marcus Peters. Jason, back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. Isaac, all this tennis talk. I, I I just looked up at the screen.
5: I don't know who Camilla Georgie is. Uh, But I looked her up on Instagram, and uh, I I think she's going to get a lot more followers. Thank you, Isaac.
11: See what you mean. Back
5: here on the big lead. Cut that out. Jeez, Nick. Goodness gracious. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Oh boy, that was fun with Plasky. We got another great writer in the house now joining us. I've known him for a long time. Uh, He's pretty popular in New York. He's also the president of the Pro Football Writers of America. Bob Globber joins the show.
3: Bob, good morning. How are you? Jason, I am great. And That's if you to... don't know Plaschke, I mean, Plaschke's been bugging me for 25 years. So Jason Peters, it's, it's just not a surprise.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Yeah, hey, by the way, I, I got to start talking Jets, okay? I know you're in New York. You're one of the big fish over there. Everybody reads your stuff. When the Jets got Adam Gaze, your reaction was?
3: Yeah, my, my reaction was I think McCarthy would have been the right choice oh. to check all the- well, no, 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 I mean, check the, check the right boxes and, and with the Super Bowl experience, with the experience of helping quarterbacks. But I, I, I'm not opposed to Adam Gase, and I, I know he's gotten a lot of bad pub. You know, it was not a good introductory press conference. You know, what do people remember for, that for is his eyes and, you know, looking all around. So, look, it didn't work out maybe the way he had expected or the Jets had expected. But take that stuff away. Take everything away. Take him as a football coach, take him as an offensive mind, put him with Sam Darnold, put him with Greg Williams as a defensive coordinator. I don't think it's such a bad combination, and I think, I think they can do some things. Mike McKagan, the general manager, comes up with some good draft picks and some good free agent moves, and those are big ifs. But I, I think there's something to like about this hire and something to like about the Jets moving forward. Maybe not next year immediately, but I think down the road this, this can be a pretty good team.
5: Yeah, Bob, we're, we're seeing teams that have drafted well the last couple years. The Colts. I mean, they had two. They had a first-round pick and a second-round pick this past year who were first-team All-Pro, and they make the playoffs. We saw the Saints do it with Lattimore last year. Uh, Davenport on the line. This is so pivotal for the Jets, how they yep. draft this year to build around Darnold. Remember, he's on that rookie deal. They've got cap money. Where where are you on whether or not the Jets should pursue and Antonio Brown, a Levion Bell.
3: I'm okay with Levion Bell. I'm not so okay with Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown you know, they had a, a player whose first name rhymes with Antonio and they tried that a <laughs> former Steeler and Santonio did not work out. Totally you know, forgot great, about that. Great right? call. I man. mean it's it's like it's just kinda of, you pick your poison there. Now Levion Bell presents some interesting dynamics and you know, I, I don't think he's a locker room malcontent, uh, you know, I think what he did in Pittsburgh, you know, he felt he had to do from a business decision. But just purely from a, uh, a an athletic and football point of view, that guy gives you a lot of options. I mean, yeah. he improves your running game. He improves your, your short passing game. Uh, I mean, I'm very, very tempted by that. And, I, you know, I don't know what Gaze is thinking in terms of taking on a 30-year-old running back. But, man, you know, the, the options and the, and the possibilities with Le'Veon Bell are, are pretty darn good.
5: Yeah, but on the other side of it, we're talking about Bob Glober, uh Newsday. Bob, when you look at Alvin Kamara, okay, third-round mm-hmm. draft pick, you look at the uh, the Chiefs, they had Kareem Hunt. They lose, lose him. Yep. Oh, let's just plug in Damian Williams, undrafted guy uh, from Oklahoma. Now, the Rams have Gurley, but C.J. Anderson, come out of nowhere, he's been their yeah. guy. It almost feels to me, and again, the Patriots, James White, 15 catches, he was no first-round pick. You know, it almost feels like the offensive line is, should be the focus. As much as we love this Le'Veon Bell stuff, you build that offensive line, you could put anybody back there, and he's going to run the football.
3: Absolutely. And I, I think you can do both. I, I really don't think that, you know, getting an offensive line precludes you from getting a Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and, but but you're right. And the history of lower-round running backs in this league, it's too uh, – you know, there are too many examples. And, and Mike Shanahan did a tremendous job with that. I mean, Terrell Davis turned into a Hall of Fame player as a lower-round draft pick. And, yep. you know, you can find them, and if they fit your system, and if you do it right, you can you can make the running game great. And, you know, James Conner, that was a great draft pick for the Steelers. I know you're going hurt toward the end of the season, but that was a tremendous insurance pick, and it turned out to be he's going to be their guy moving forward. And that was the right move to, to kind of cover yourself in the event that Le'Veon Bill did exactly what he did talk
5: with Bob Glauber, Newsday. Bob, let me ask you. Tom Brady, we've seen him kill the Jets for, geez, almost two decades now. Brady 41. You have, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Brady 41, Belichick 67. Gronk a shell of his former self on the verge, possibly of retirement. Remember, they said they were going to trade him. He just said, I'd retire rather than play in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Is this the last hurrah for the Patriots?
3: You know, I, every, every year it seems I want to say that. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you what—I'm I'm, going to—I'm I'm not going to say it because you know Tom Brady keeps rewriting history and he keeps fighting time and winning. Bill Belichick does the same thing. He's—he's he's incredible. The longevity—it's just—it's amazing. So I'm not going to put anything past the Patriots in terms of how long this run is going to go. Like I'm—I'm I'm in Kansas City. I'm going to watch this game tomorrow in person, and I'm going to be fascinated whichever way it turns out because if the Patriots win it means that Belichick still has the magic it means that Brady still has the magic it means that Belichick is coming up with some kind of defensive game plan to contain the best offensive player in the league this year and if the Chiefs win well okay you 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 may want to ask that question is the dynasty over but man, each three AFC championships they just keep doing it keep responding from adversity there were some problems you know toward the end of the season they lost well, they went 5 and 3 over once one period and Brady had just nine touchdown passes in that well maybe it was a result of of a knee problem he was having so I'm not going to I'm not going to write him off I'm not going to pronounce an end to this dynasty you just can't because they keep they well, keep bringing you back in
5: All right Bob I'll get you out of here with this one Your pick in Rams Saints this weekend is
3: I'm going to go with the home team I'm going to go yeah. with the Saints on this Smart. one I, you know what I picked I picked the Rams over the Patriots at, in in August. So, I mean that's still alive and I really should pick that, but you know, my my gut tells me that it's going to be Chiefs against the Saints in the Super Bowl and I think that'd be a great matchup. Look, any any for, any way you any permutation of this of these four teams in the Super Bowl, to me, is going to be a great matchup. So it's kind of a no-brainer any way you go. In terms totally. Of just how, how enjoyable a game it's going to be.
5: You guys got to go out and get Bob's new book, Guts and Genius, the story of the three unlikely coaches who came to dominate the NFL in the 1980s. Bob Glover, awesome stuff, Bob. Keep up the good work. Happy New Year. I'll probably see you around uh, sooner than later.
3: Sa- same to you, Jason. Thank yeah. you, and I-, I look forward to seeing you. Take care. Yeah,
5: Bob Glover, good guy. Uh, smart writer, knows the NFL as well as anybody. A- a- you know, this whole Patriots stuff. Guys, I'm so sick of them. Nick, I- I- I'm i just over it. I- I'm-, I'm done. Remember last year? I don't know if you guys remember last year. Before the Eagles game, I said, boy, it's going to be a boring lead-up to the Super Bowl if there's more Patriots. And they-, they came back and beat the Jags. I just feel like we need new blood, you know? I'm just tired of looking at their uniforms. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, They're also- fans, <laughs> yeah. Belichick, Brady, like I need new meat. I'm over it coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. So Kyler Murray is one of the most divisive figures right now in NFL circles. I mean, he, you thought Baker Mayfield was divisive last year? Kyler Murray to the 10th power. We'll talk about that
8: next. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
9: are
10: farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchange and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
5: Yeah. So, Nick, is this the Australian Open? Is that what this is? I, it's got to be. Okay. Yep. Um, I I I had I can't remember the last time I watched a second of tennis. Um, but this. Italian Giorgi. She'll Camilia be good for ratings. <laughs> Giorgi, I mean, guys, if you're on Instagram, obviously you're following me, and oh, looks like she's uh, about to get eliminated here. But I would suggest, you know, just scouring her Instagram. Cam- <laughs> Camilla Giorgi. All right, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Um, we are brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Um, Yes, I will touch on my uh, kids' basketball season. I heard Clay Travis tell a nice spelling bee story. I got to say, you guys, the two guys in here with me, Nick and Gavin. They don't have kids yet. But the kid gets a spelling list every week on Monday. And I just drill it in him. Drill, drill, drill. And I've told him, listen, you could get hundreds every week. We will go to the, cre- uh, the creamery, get some ice cream and gingerbread cookies and that sort of thing. And he's been crushing it in basketball, too. Uh, it's exciting when you have kids. Uh, it really is. Um, basketball game today, fired up if you follow me on the IG. I posted a couple highlights. Uh, they're not highlights like Kyler Murray level. Uh, not yet, no. I'm just, listen, we're just doing it for fun. I don't think I have a D1 prospect. I mean, come on. I didn't play college basketball. Chances of my kids playing are infinitesimal. Um, but again, listen, we're entering a new era in sports where a guy like Kyler Murray, a five foot nine quarterback, what does he weigh, a buck 90 maybe? He's smaller than I am, and he's potentially going to be a first-round pick. Now, there's a lot of divided folks on this. And I'm telling you, he is going to continue to be a divisive figure in college football and NFL circles. Because there's a lot of NFL people you talk to. Yeah, he put up big numbers against Alabama in garbage time. You know? Albert Breer came on earlier. Is this guy going to be able to take hits? Lamar Jackson is 6'3". They're worried about him being able to take hits. You know? Russell Wilson is thick. He's he's like a brawny dude. And also, he was a starter for, I believe, uh, a couple years at NC State. And then I think he was a starter for a full season at Wisconsin. So he had a body of work. Like, Kyler Murray barely played until he got to Oklahoma. Like, Texas. I think he was at Texas A&M with Sumlin. He was, like, splitting time. And... Like, he's developed into a good passer. And I think when you look at the way these NFL offenses are are kind of growing up with all the spread, the quick passes, the speedy quarterbacks, I think Murray's got a legit chance. I mean, I Nick and Gavin, you you guys saw Lamar Jackson twice this year. Second time through the order, Ravens bottled him up. Now, I think Kyler Murray's a much better passer than Lamar Jackson, but he's also like five inches shorter. So seeing over the line could be an issue.
4: I don't know. Are you guys in on Kyler Murray or no? I, I think it depends where he goes. I think. Fit um, is everything. Yeah. The coaching, the scheme. I mean, I would never have, never have thought the Chargers would have gotten blown out last week, but when it came down to it, it was coaching. And and that shows you what that can do. Now jury's still out on Lamar Jackson. Not sure if John Harbaugh is really the right guy to. That's a great turn point. that into a. You know.
3: uh, when a quarterback is as tall as me, Jason, I I mean I know Russell Wilson's great, Doug Flutie was great, but that's that's it's a rare cases. Um, man, the kid's good, but size is an issue with this thing.
5: Now listen, Baker Mayfield is not a a large individual. Uh, he's what six oh six one, right? Maybe? But I mean the three five
3: nine man, that's that's short. And
5: uh, and again, people are saying maybe he's five eight. It could be closer to five ten. Um, I, I go back and forth on this. I do want to see it happen. It's a fascinating experiment. Uh, when the Bills and other guys want these six-five quarterbacks to win from the pocket, like defenses are changing. Edge rushers are are beasts.
4: Um, the Aaron Donald on the interior defensive interior linemen used to be like three thirty. Here's a scenario. The Ravens draft him and have a one-two punch of Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of te- Cliff
5: Kingsbury. I don't think he's taking him one, but I mean, when he said back in October, I'd take Murray number one. That's eye-opening to me. Um, I-, I I think if you can be a team like the Packers where you have Aaron Rodgers and you can just kind of wait for the growth of Kyler Murray, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm t- I. I When you just look at the way this league is shifting, I didn't think Pat Mahomes had a shot. It was beating teams in the air raid. Nobody wins in the NFL with that. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, my NFL championship weekend picks. Hour number three here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. High noon on the East Coast, college basketball tipping off all over the country You'll have to wait until 6 p.m. Eastern for the Duke-Virginia thriller. As I told you earlier in the show, I'm already on Virginia Plus 3 here. I like Duke. Love him. Love R.J. Barrett. This is just a bad spot, I think, for the Blue Devils. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote So all season folks we've been having a uh, guest on the show I mean we've had him on geez, for a couple years now maybe 3 years um uh, I've never met him in real life I mean we talk frequently he knows gambling and uh listen it's championship weekend so we got to have him in uh and again as I've been laying out for a couple weeks here the heavy gamblers the heavy professionals don't really come in as heavy in the playoffs because there just isn't the value. There just simply isn't the public can dictate lines here in the postseason. And to help make sense of it all, my guy T.A. coming in gambling guru T.A. Happy Saturday. No football. I'm sure you're spending it with your, uh, with your girl, maybe your side piece, maybe with a college basketball team. How are you feeling about championship weekend?
2: Hey, good morning, Jason. Uh, It's, you know, it's sad football season coming to an end. It's my favorite time of year. So just uh, you know, sitting, you know, starting the snow here in the Midwest. or getting uh, we're gonna get pounded today. So I think this is a, a nice day to stay in and uh, watch some uh, college hoops, watch some Netflix, and uh, <laughs> you know, wait for, wait for the championship games tomorrow.
5: Did you see Bird Box yet?
2: I did. I watched it uh, last week. I thought it was fine. I, don't, I, don't, I think it was a little bit overhyped. I thought it was a good movie. It was just a little bit overhyped, but it, it was definitely worth watching.
5: Yeah, I, I, I as well thought it was pretty good. A little, uh, you know, the kid stuff was dicey as a guy with two kids. But, anyways, let's get to championship weekend. First of all, TA, do you see any value in either of the lines or totals uh, for the games?
2: Definitely not the totals. I will say, you know, I did take under 57 in the the New England game early in the week when I first heard about the weather. Not because, you know, I really thought that the under was the play, but just because I knew the line would drop. And so it dropped down to, I think, 54. So I came back on the over just to see, you know, if I can get a nice middle. I think it's, it's climbing back up now that the weather isn't as bad. Uh, but in general, I just don't see a ton of value on either over and you know, like you just said, it is. Um, you know, as we get into the playoffs, and you know, there's less and less games, and you know, Vegas has more time to uh, put work into these these lines. They're, they're tighter lines, so there's not a ton of value. I will say, I think I like one side in one game, probably more, much more than the other. Uh, but you know, you bring me on to to give you a picks, kind of gun to the head, and I think I'm six and two. Woo! I believe in, in the two weeks, just based on. You know, not necessarily loving games, but just if I had to pick a side. And so uh, I know people are in pools and stuff, so we'll yeah. do our best to get value here.
5: So uh, uh, can I go ahead and guess that it's the Chiefs' f- favor by three?
2: Yeah, you are correct.
5: Okay. That's right. And yeah, now, I how mean, much I... of this is fading the public? Be honest.
2: Oh, zero of it. it, it it's really? That no, yeah. It, it doesn't, that doesn't really factor in here at all. I mean, I think, I think there's plenty of people who like the Chiefs, and there's plenty of people who like the Patriots. I don't think this is really a uh, – you know, remember last week, I loved uh, the Rams in general, and then when everybody was taking Dallas, that, that just was a cherry Cemented. on top. Yeah, that was cherry on top. But but you know, I don't think there's there's four really good teams playing here. And you can make a case for any side in each of these games. So I don't think it's really a, it's not about fading the public. Um, I just think that you know for you know if you want to talk about the Chiefs here, I think you know for them um, if you, you look back at weeks when they played in the first time. I actually was on New England minus three and a half. I was, I was as a, well. <laughs> I was a really good spot there for them. And, look, they played almost a, a perfect offensive game. They did not punt the entire game. Um, and Justin Houston was out for the Chiefs. And they they won the turnover battle, and they still needed a last-second field goal to win the game at home, right? Yeah. So. That gives me confidence here. That look, New England played a, a nearly flawless game, and they still needed, you know, a last-second field goal there. Now you've got no Josh Gordon uh, for the Patriots. It's obviously a, a big weapon, you know, it's missing from the first game. You've got the Chiefs getting Justin Houston back. Um, I just think at this point, you know, the weather's not going to b- bother Mahomes. We saw that last week in, uh, at home against uh, the Colts. He can throw through any any uh, uh, weather, so that's not going to be an issue. Um, you know, to me, you know, this is just a case of um, Kansas City have too many weapons. I think, you know, I like the side here with the Chiefs. I don't love it, uh, but I'll take the minus three. And you look, you know, you're talking about rematches. If you look historically, teams that won the, the original um, the original game uh, and then played in a conference championship, actually the, the team that, that won the original and is favored again wins about 60% of the time. Wow. So, but before- but here we got the Chiefs that are favorite. so it's a little bit of a yeah. you know a flip flop. You don't usually see that. So, but that that um,
5: applies to Rams Saints.
2: It does apply to Rams huh. Saints, but um, but in general, I, I think the one issue here, and if you follow Warren Sharp on on Twitter, I know you yeah. do. He, he gives really good information. You know, he's been talking about this twenty one personnel uh, that the Patriots utilize. So essentially, you know, for, for the layman's out there, it's two running backs, one tight end, two receivers, uh, kind of a jumbo package, if you will and so new england uh utilizes 21 um personnel the second most in the nfl behind the, the the niners and they used it 21 times against kansas city in the first game they ran the ball 17 of those 21 times for about five yards per carry the chiefs are uh, for the season are really really poor yeah. against the run and that 21 personnel they've allowed over six yards per carry so that's one i think this is going to be kind of a slower paced game i think the the Patriots are going to utilize that formation a lot. You'll see a lot of Sonny Michelle. I think his over seventy-eight yards is a solid prop because I think he's going now, to get it. Wow,
5: that's um, interesting. Now I, th- let me let me interrupt you because I went the other way. I took the under on Sony Michelle. Um, a lot of his damage was done at home. He only had one game on the road over sixty yards. And I know those Chiefs numbers of the twenty-one are bad, but Ta, this is a defense at home. I know it's been against inferior competition. Has stopped the run. Yeah, I mean I think again it's
2: it's all um relative. I think a lot of times though uh, Chiefs at home are up big early, right? I mean they're
5: That's a good point.
2: Know, they, they've got to lead, so you know, teams have to kind of go away from the run. You saw that with the Colts last week that you know, they're down uh, you know, double digits right away, so that, you know, they had to abandon the run. So I think that's a little bit misleading. I just think that, you know, uh, again, how many teams in the league run the 21 personnel? I told you the Niners are number 1. Well, the Niners played Kansas City in week 3 and they ran the ball out of that 21 personnel uh, six yards per carry
9: mm. um,
2: doing that so again it's it's just a, it's it's a data point I think it's they're going to try to slow the game down um, maybe Kansas City you know tries to stack the box and force Brady to throw which sounds crazy but look he's he's getting older <laughs> in the cold weather can he go downfield I don't know you got Eric Berry who I think could guard Gronk pretty well um, at safety he's back so um, it'll be interesting. I just think they're gonna they're gonna they don't want Mahomes to have the ball in his hand, and I think they're gonna do whatever they can to to uh, slow the game down. I just think at the end of the day, Mahomes can um, against any defense because you know you can scheme whatever you want on defense pre snap, but once that snap comes and he you know scrambles and he could throw across his body, make any angle throw, do whatever he you know whatever he feels like, if you will, it, it, throw with his left hand. You can't defend that. That's, there's yeah. no scheme that can defend that. So I think at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs win here by 7 to 10 points. I could see kind of a 30 to 23 type of ball game. Okay,
5: T.A., quick prop bet that I got in. I got Chiefs to score first and win, plus 155. Travis Kelsey, first touchdown, plus 700. Now, the Kelsey thing is a bit risky. Uh, obviously, the Patriots and Belichick historically take away your best guy. Is right. that going to be... Kelsey, is it going to be Sammy Watkins unlikely? You know, is it no. going to be Tyreek Hill, which is like impossible to take away? He's killed the Patriots.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think Sammy Watkins, I was looking at another prop, I think his over um, uh, receptions or yards is is really something to take a look at. I haven't seen it. It's probably around 45-50. I think like you said, you know, they took away Kelsey in that first game. He only had I think 57 yards uh, receiving. So, you know, what Belichick typically does, now he does it with receivers more than tight ends, but he'll take your, um, he'll double team your number two receiver. If it's like, a you know, Steelers case, for example, be Juju Smith, they will take your number one and he'll put your top, you know, cornerback there. So yeah, Gilmore, he'll double team one and then he'll go one-on-one with your best corner, um, you know, Gilmore, for example, um, with your best receiver. So that that, to me, would leave, somebody like a Sammy Watkins oh, open yeah, against, you know, he's going to be their third option against, you know, whoever the Patriots put in there. It could be, you know, uh, a slot corner whoever it is. So I think he could be a good first to score. Um, but, you know, Kelsey is never a bad bet. He's obviously their number one option inside the red zone.
5: So, All right, T.A., you know, let me, let's, before we move to the next game, last note, the Chiefs and Andy Reid, last four games against the Patriots, they've scored 40 or more points three of four times. I, I think, you know, another potential prop, Chiefs, total points over 30 uh minus 106 like I I just think they're gonna be able to score points here
2: yeah I mean we'll see uh, you know playoffs are a different animal but um but yeah I mean I whatever it is it's strange the the home road splits for the for the chiefs are amazing especially on defense mm-hmm. you know when you dig in they've the, the competition has been great but they've led the NFL in turnovers at home <laughs> takeaways uh two of the last three years and then the other year it was there were four. So I don't know what it is. It's, it's, they're forcing turnovers, so that that's a big factor here. Um, and on offense, you know, do they do they need to put up that many points? I, I don't know. Really look, last week they got a big lead and kind of sat on it, um, but defensively they haven't allowed thirty plus points to any road team in thirty four straight games. Wow, um, which is just re- remarkable. I mean, a is that, that's, that's, it's a large sample, right? I mean, that's not a small sample size. So um, I don't know. In terms of thirty plus, sure, if they get to thirty plus, they're winning this game. I think. Just based on that stat alone, so if you like the Chiefs to win, you know it's not a bad uh, bad way to kind of double up. But um, uh, yeah, here I think minus three is probably of, of the weekend the best side or total for, for you know for my money.
5: I see you know rams Saints to me just it just seems like a bit of a toss up. Uh, I guess I would lean to the Saints, but I I just don't know the Rankin's injury. Like, how do you gauge that? That's huge for stopping the run for a team that's gone run heavy. But ultimately, for me, I, I lean Saints because it comes down to Jared Goff. I, I just don't know if he can deliver.
2: Well, so the interesting thing that Rankin's um, uh, injury could be a big deal. I actually just looked it up before I got on the line with you to see what how the, uh, the how the Saints performed with Rankin in the lineup and when he is out. And actually, their splits aren't that different um, defensively against the run. Um, this, you know, if you look at success rate. You know, when he's in the lineup, 42.9% when he plays and only hmm. 45% when he's off. So, you know, still pretty good. Yards per carry go from 3.4 to 3.7. So, a little bit of an uptick, but still very good if you're only allowing 3.7. The big difference, which is interesting, is the sack rate gets cut in half. So, uh-huh. when Rankin is off the field, his replacement can stop the run, but he can't rush the passer. And so, you know, for whatever reason... um Maybe there's double team, maybe they double team rankings inside during, you know, on passing downs and it frees up some of the other guys. Um, so that, that's an interesting, um, kind of, um, it's not necessarily the run defense. It's, you know, can they get pressure on golf without ranking? So that should be interesting. But to me, you mentioned it earlier. I was listening earlier, golf on the road has just been extremely mediocre. 10 touchdowns, nine interceptions. In the last six games, he's only exceeded 220 yards one time. And that was against philly when they you know had that huge comeback yeah they were down early and he had to throw the ball 53 times to do that um you know on the road he's only completing 60 percent of his passes and i remember i took them uh laying uh i think it was laying nine and a half in detroit off their bye oh yes now they covered <laughs> they on did left barely touchdown by Gurley, but they didn't play with golf was terrible yeah he completed 50 percent of his passes And that was a bad defense he's going up against. So I think the Cooper Cup injury has been huge for whatever reason, when he's just not in his, um, you know, kind of a perfect environment at home and he's got, you know, McVeigh in his ear up until, you know, there's 10 seconds left on the clock. He's kind of telling them how the defense is going to react. I I think he's going to get rattled here. I lean Saints. I don't love it because I've heard some real sharp guys are on the Rams. At three and a half or three? At three and a half. Now maybe they just took the number, yeah, because you know three and a half is a good number, but um, that that worries me a little bit. Um, and you know the Saints' offense really has struggled down the stretch here, and you know you, you're losing losing out on um, Kirkwood and Benjamin Watson. So you know it, the, the, those things yeah. kind of in the back of my head you know, bother me. You never know it could be a late backdoor touchdown with this Rams' offense, but definitely you know, For for pools, for people out there that are playing pools, I would lean Saints here. Uh, but again, uh, in terms of money wise, I wouldn't, you know, don't love it um, from that perspective. And I'll say one prop I do like, actually two props. One is golf under two hundred eighty six yards passing. <laughs> yeah, uh, as we mentioned, he's only exceeded he's only exceeded that number twice on the road the entire season, um, and he's only done it once um, in general. Like I said, in the last six games. And then another prop I like. I think Ted Ginn is yeah. a good game because you look, Kirkwood is out so, and Traquan Smith snaps continue to decrease. So I think Ted's going to get a lot more, uh, a lot more targets. He got seven last week.
9: Yep. But that
2: included Michael Thomas getting 16. I mean, can you ma- I can't imagine <laughs> he gets that many again, maybe he gets 10, 12, 13 targets, but th- that frees up a bunch for again. I think he gets 10 targets. So over three and a half receptions uh, and 52 and a half receiving yards, I think are good props there. I took
5: honest, Ted to Ginn score a touchdown plus 210. Uh, he likely will be matched up with Marcus Peters. I can't imagine Wade Phillips doesn't make a change and just put Tlaib to shadow Thomas.
2: Uh, well, and I think what they'll do is, with Kirkwood out, they'll put um, Michael Thomas in the slot a lot more. Hmm. And, and, and the Rams have struggled um, in the slot defending receivers. So take a look at that. He, he scored that, if you remember, that, that what is it, 70, 80-yard touchdown. Yes, 72, the yeah. game? That came out of the slot.
5: Yep. And um, I think Cooper's so. touchdown last week came out of the slot against LaMarcus Joyner uh, early okay. in the game. I, I believe that was out of the slot. So great points, T.A. Good stuff. We will have you back for Super Bowl prop bets two weeks, T.A. Unless you got one more.
2: <laughs> no, those are probably the best prop bets I've got right now. All so right.
5: Good luck, man, and uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks, T.A. All right. All right. Hey, there you have it. As good of a gambling breakdown as you're going to get anywhere On Sports Talk Radio, folks. It doesn't get any more granular than that. Hopefully, you'll learn something there. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Did Jerry Jones screw up again? Did he really? We'll talk about that next.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
7: Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
8: From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
5: We are farmers.
10: Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
5: Back here. Uh, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Woo, what a show. A lot of gambling, a lot of NFL. It's Been fun. Still got another half hour to go. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. Geico has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. So, I, I got to say, we I think I briefly touched on it. So, after the Cowboys lost to the Rams on Saturday, Monday, Jason Garrett came out and said, yeah, I don't anticipate any major coaching changes. Friday, Jerry Jones fired the offensive coordinator, Scott Linehan. You're fired. I, to me, that is not good. So it's, there's three layers to this. Number one is all the best OC candidates are gone. We briefly touched on this in the first hour talking with Albert Breer. Anybody who's desirable off the market by Friday. Now, you could go for a guy like Ken Wisenhunt, who's been around the block, Todd Haley, you know, there are other options like that, but you're not going to get a marquee option here. You're not going to get a number one. I don't see why Jerry Jones waited until Friday. Now, if you pull the trigger Monday, right after the game, maybe, you know, one of these guys that didn't go, uh, didn't get snatched up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is available. There's a small chance of that. So number two, Dak Prescott has played three seasons. He's in line for a big, big payday. And when I look at the continuity needed for success in this league, you can't be changing coordinators on offense like you change your socks. I don't really understand why you'd give Dak three years with Scott Linehan and then all of a sudden fire Linehan and have a new guy come in with a new system, new playbook, uh, you know, new everything. Like, why would you do that? You're essentially, you're going to have to pay Dak a ton of money. And you're also starting him over unless you're just going to promote a tight end coach or or, or something like that. And in which case, like, why fire your OC? I don't understand what Jerry Jones is doing here. To me, it just doesn't make sense. I'm not saying I love Linehan. I'm not saying Linehan's a superstar. I don't think he's the reason they lost. I mean, that that to me seems pretty clear. Like, Scott Linehan's not the problem here. They didn't have their center all year. Travis Frederick. Now, if he's back next year, boom, you're in business. Dak was sacked more times this year than any other the last two. And I think a lot of that's attributed to the Travis Frederick situation. But they run the ball very successfully. Amari Cooper added a new dimension to the offense. I don't know. I I just don't get. The Scott Linehan firing. But yeah, listen, Jerry does what he does. A lot of people disagreed with the Amari Cooper trade. I my, my take at the time, and maybe we'll go back and find it uh, eventually, short-term gain, long-term pain. Because good luck keeping DeMarcus Lawrence, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak, Cooper. You can't franchise tag everybody. You just can't. And, and I think Jerry... Wanted the short-term gain. He got it. Nice little playoff run. They got a win. And they lost to a better team when they were an underdog by a touchdown on the road. Coming up next here on the big lead Fox Sports Radio. We've talked a lot of Patriots. We've hammered the Rams and the Saints. The team we haven't talked about, the Kansas City Chiefs. We will talk about them next. But first. Let's go to Isaac Lohenkron for the latest in sports.
11: Jason Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans is expected to miss one to two weeks with a sprained left index finger. Injury occurred last night in their loss at Portland. Davis's agent, Rich Paul, told Shams Charania earlier today that Davis will reevaluate the injury in three to four days and then decide whether he needs to see a hand specialist. The Pelicans have lost three of four and are four games out of the final playoff spot in the West. On the court Friday night, Davis' former teammate... Demarcus Cousins made his Warriors debut in an 18-point victory over the Los Angeles Clippers. Durant with a dribble, guarded by Tobias Harris, pick and roll with Cousins,
1: Durant off that screen, bounce pass Boogie, look out, right hand slam for Boogie Cousins. Welcome back.
11: Tim Roy, the call on 95.7 The Game, Cousins 14 points, three three three-pointers in 15 minutes before fouling out, Warriors on a seven-game winning streak. On the college basketball scoreboard today, number 2 Michigan has a 17-16 lead at Wisconsin, seven minutes to play in the first half. Miami on top of 13th-ranked North Carolina, 27-25 with seven and a half to play in the first half. And at the Australian Open today, one seed Simona Halep defeated Venus Williams. Serena Williams won her match, so it'll be Halep against Serena in the fourth round. We'll be back to Jason McIntyre in 10 seconds, but first, a word from farmers.
8: From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
9: We
10: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
5: Jason, back to you. Back here on the big lead. Thank you, Isaac. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Now, I don't have a camera in Arrowhead Stadium right now to get a glimpse of this Alleged Arctic blast that was a silly story earlier in the week. But according to weather.com right now, it is about 8 degrees at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. However, the game's tomorrow. Temperature's expected to be in the mid to low 20s. Folks, I think it's the most overblown story I've seen this week about championship weekend. And to make sense of it, we're, bring, we're bringing in Blair Kirkhoff of the KC star. Blair, good uh, good morning. How are you? Morning, and and, and are you wearing gloves? And is it single degree <laughs> temperatures currently in Kansas City,
3: Missouri? Um, uh, it's in the it's in the teens. Teens, okay. And had some uh, had some uh, flurries last night. A little bit of you know, blowing snow on top of the, the 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 six to ten inches of snow that we got last weekend that hasn't really melted away, but. Yeah, you know, I was at Arrowhead Stadium until about six o'clock last night. The tarp was down all day yesterday, and I'm, I don't imagine there's much snow on it right now. And it'll they'll keep the tarp on for uh, until until the kickers come out on on Sunday. It's you're right. This was a, um, earlier in the week. This was it was too big of a story. An Arctic blast. Uh, Temperatures in the single digits, wind chills below zero, and I, I think that had an impact on ticket sales. The game's going to be sold out, but they were, you know, they, they were, um, they weren't moving very quickly. But yeah, the the, the about midweek, the forecast changed, and it's going to be close to thirty on mm. Sunday. Kick kickoff maybe in the high twenties, and and what, by the time the game ends, maybe twenty low 20, something like that. So not weather not a factor on, on Sunday.
5: Yeah, so we're talking with Blair Kirkhoff, KC Starr. Uh, I, I just think, Blair, early in the week, people were looking for juice for this uh, game. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with, and I said this leading up to the Super Bowl last year, is there is Patriots fatigue out there. People are sick of two decades of dominance, okay? If NBA fans are sick of the Warriors after, what, four or five years? Imagine how they must feel about the Patriots. It's like, please, can somebody else get to the Super Bowl outside of the Patriots? Like, every storyline is done. There's nothing yeah. left. I think the need for new blood is as big as it's ever been. And and I don't know about you, but I feel like everyone outside of New England is backing the Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid this weekend.
3: Yeah, I've seen some of the maps, the you know, the, the social media maps. And, and the only places that... Uh, that uh, where the Patriots logo shows up is New England, and then the state of Michigan, where Tom Brady went to school, <laughs> and every uh, every every place else in the U.S. Is, is Chiefs. I think, you know, one, I agree that there, there's uh, there's certainly some Patriots fatigue, and you know, in, in, among football fans. But that's not to certainly not to dismiss the greatness of their, you know, of, of their history. It's what they've done is just unbelievable. I mean, the the NFL was designed for the Patriots dynasty not to happen. <laughs> yes. You know, with 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 this, you know with draft, with salary cap, with scheduling, everything is created for everybody to start equally at the beginning of a year. And the Patriots have, um, have have overcome that and have just been unbelievably you know fantastic since the in the 21st century. But you know, seven. This is the eighth straight AFC title game for the Pats. But this. You know, this is the first one, I don't know if it's the first one, but I'm, I can't think of another one where the quarterback on the other team is at the beginning of his career and, and, uh, and has so much upside as Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles last year in the AFC title game, I don't know if we saw him as the, the, the future of, <laughs> of quarterbacks in the NFL, but we do with Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, it, it's as tiresome as the changing of the guard Theme has been this week. I think there is an element. It's it's worth discussing, and it is part of the you know it is part of the
5: theme this week. It's weird, Blair. We're talking with Blair Kirkhoff, KC star. Blair, I haven't heard a ton of talk about the Kareem Hunt situation. It's no longer a situation. He's simply gone. Uh, and Damian Williams was terrific last week. But it, it's odd. Do you think this is a different team without Kareem Hunt? Because if you look at the uh, look back to that earlier Patriots meeting. I think he had five catches for like 104 yards. He was a factor in the re, uh, out of the backfield receiving. Can Damian Williams do that this week against the Patriots?
3: Well, you're right. He did. Damian Williams did was over 100 last week uh, against the Colts in the divisional round game, and and not only did Kareem Hunt have the big game in Week Six against the Patriots, but his NFL debut in twenty
9: seventeen
3: ah, yes. was at New England. I mean it was it was he, he got on the cover of Sports Illustrated with that game. It was it was phenomenal. Uh third round pick out of Toledo and he puts up you know almost two hundred and fifty total yards in that game. It was it was amazing what he did. Um so in two games against New England, Kareem Hunt's been, you know, the single offensive star or at least the greatest offensive star. And he he's not here as we all know. The dismissal uh came in uh at the end of November for him Damien and and the other so Spencer Ware stepped up and he was hurt in the first game and he played. So Damien Williams was actually running third team in the last game that uh, that, that uh, Kareem Hunt started for the Chiefs. But Damien Williams has been terrific and there he's not the same player as Kareem Hunt, but the the, the drop off isn't significant. And uh, he, he's really taken a firm grasp of his opportunity and I, I don't think that the I, I don't think that, that that comes up as a position of weakness for for the Chiefs. Where Kareem Hunt was really good was taking the ball out of the backfield, and Damian Williams has proven to be pretty good at that as well. He's not the powerful back that, uh, that, that Kareem Hunt was, tackle breaking, and we saw him leaping over people and running into people, and Damian Williams is a tough runner, but I don't know if anybody was that tough. Still, it's a you know, it's not a it's not a big loss for the Chiefs, and it's, it's something that they've been able to overcome in the last month of the season.
5: Uh, Blair, much has been made about this Chiefs defense or lack thereof. For some reason, maybe it's the opposition, maybe it's the you know home cooking. Uh, but they play much better at home. They were tremendous last week against the run. But I do wonder how much. Of this Chiefs defense at home has to do with them taking huge early leads. We know they led the NFL in first quarter scoring, and, and, and simply other teams not being able to run because they got a pass to get back in it.
3: Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Uh, when when the the Chiefs average score at the end of the first quarter um, home games is twenty-one to seven, so you you get that kind of you know you get that kind of advantage, and it does change the, the nature of the game. Certainly, the way the opponent has to play. So uh that's part of it. The other part is it is two games in, in, in the the last regular season game against the the Oakland Raiders that you know I, I you know basically mailing it in that day Certainly. and uh, and then and then the division you know the, the Colts game in those two games combined the Chiefs defense has surrendered one touchdown and that's not insignificant one defensive penalty in those two games hmm. which has been a which has been a problem for the Chiefs all year they led the NFL not only in total penalties but but penalties by defensive players as well uh, they're tackling better, and they made a couple of kind of position changes. They've got Charverius Ward in a cornerback over Orlando Scandrick, and uh, and, and they have Jordan Lucas in its safety over Ron Parker, who was actually cut earlier this week. So those those position changes occurred in the last couple of weeks, and, and they've made a difference for the Chiefs. So it's a combination of things. I certainly don't expect uh, there to be a – you know, the, the defense to play against uh, – rise to the level against the Patriots that it did against the, the Colts and the Raiders. The Patriots are just too talented. We we saw what they did last week against the Chargers. But there's no doubt that this is an improved Chiefs defense and they get Eric Berry back this yeah. week, and that Dude. that could make a difference as well.
5: All right, Blair Kirkhoff, Casey Starr, I'll get you out of here on this one. Who's a tougher matchup for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl if they were to advance, the Rams or the Saints?
3: You know, if, if if the Chiefs get there, if they get to the Super Bowl for the first time since the 1969 wow. season, January, January of 1970, um, we saw the Rams Chiefs earlier this year. And, I, and both teams went up and down the field on each other. I, I want to say the Saints. Oh. I just think the Saints in the Dome, uh, an indoor team, and, uh, and, and the old master at quarterback uh, – I, I think would um would, would present some problems. When I've seen the Saints play this year, I'm just I, I'm really wowed by by that team's offense and, and their defense is better than, than what the Chiefs have put on the field. So I think that would be the most entertaining. Oh, I, don't, I don't know how you get more entertaining than that Rams Chiefs game earlier this year, but um I, I think Chiefs against either one of those teams would be a wildly entertaining game. And look, if it's if it ends up being the Patriots, Tom Brady against Drew Brees, I think people will have fun with that uh that storyline as well. I,
5: unfortunately, you're right, Blair. All right, Blair <laughs> Kirchhoff, KC Star. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the game. We'll look for your stuff uh in the KC Star. Thanks a lot. All right. Good good intel there from Blair Kirchhoff. I didn't, I totally had forgotten that the Kareem Hunt debut was on that Thursday night game where he just lit up the Patriots. Oh boy. Shucks. Starting to get nervous about my Chiefs pick, ladies and germs. Coming up next, we will wrap up the show. Keep it locked here on the big lead. Fox sports radio from a
8: hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one. We've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
10: are farmers. Underwritten by farmers, truck fire insurance exchanges and affiliates products not available in every state.
5: Back here on the big lead. Fox sports radio. It's just so easy to buzz through these shows. There's just so much content. Now, it's going to get a little tougher in February. NBA trade deadline coming up. This Anthony Davis injury. The first question I texted somebody in the league. More or less likely Anthony Davis gets moved after this. Totally. It doesn't matter. You know, they're not moving him in season. That's just not happening. I mean, I think teams might think, hey, you guys are fading out of the playoffs. Here's your opportunity. unload." No, it doesn't work like that. This isn't a Paul George situation where his value is going to be decreasing every day you don't trade him.
7: This is Anthony Davis.
5: (laughs) You know, even if he rejects that huge, massive, what, $240 million deal, the Supermax that they can offer, even if he rejects that, like, they can still just say, you know what, we're going to hold on to you. We're not going to trade you. And they can lose him for nothing, at which point, you know, you would assume everybody who signed off on that loses their job. (laughs) Um I just I don't see him getting moved in season. Uh, the Bradley Beal stuff's interesting. He's playing out of his mind. But uh, Bill Plaschke mentioned this that was interesting. Like, Who of these young Lakers has any value in a deal for anybody? Uh, Lonzo's shooting, what, 45% on free throws? He's afraid to drive and shoot because he doesn't want to go to the line. Lonzo's has looked better in flashes, but uh, again... Uh, I did have somebody in the league text me this. Hey, Jason. The Lakers have had three number two picks in the last five years. D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Who has shown you the most? I think D'Angelo Russell had 40 last night. But I'm going to say he's 22, almost 23. Lonzo and Ingram are 21. I'm not ready to bail on any of the young guys, but I think the reality is Lonzo hasn't made the leap. De'Aaron Fox is playing much better. Much better. And, and you just wonder, like, any deal right now the Lakers are looking at, they're going to have to deal Kuzma. He's clearly your second-best player. And, of course, you hear this chatter. Well, How how much do people want to play with LeBron? Look, you injured his groin. What's to say that's not going to happen next year? And then the next guy, whoever that is, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, the next guy's just going to have to be flying solo with the young kids. Like ah. Lakers are... It's a tough spot. I do want to say I didn't get a chance in this show to talk about the Kyrie Irving nonsense. Kyrie Irving, of course, calling LeBron after that uh, awesome win over the Raptors, apologizing to LeBron and every Laker fan. We could get Kyrie... No, you can't get Kyrie. Stop. Kyrie wants his own team. I I, I don't understand Kyrie. We talked about how... Kawhi Leonard is one of the most unknowable athletes in sports. Nobody knows much about him. He doesn't say much. He doesn't give many interviews. Very private, not a social media guy. Kevin Durant, unknowable. Uh, Not many people thought he would go to the Warriors right now. Nobody knows what he's going to do. I did say, if if you're listening now and missed the earlier, check the podcast. I gave a, a long, lengthy thing why I'm vacillating between he stays for a 1-plus-1 or he goes to the Knicks. That's where I'm at now. I I would put the Lakers as a distant third. Again, this stuff changes by the week, by the month. Uh, But Kevin Durant's unknowable. And and I almost wonder, is that where we're headed with some of these athletes? You just don't know. Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, what are these guys going to do? You think you know somebody, and then they make a bizarre decision that nobody saw coming. Um, so anyways, a lot of NBA fun stuff. That's what, That will pick up in February. That'll be the next iteration of this show as we pivot from the NFL. Although, listen, there is the combine. That in February will be fun. College basketball, we obviously will get ready uh, for the NCAA tournament, which I love. Um, I always take a nice post-football vacation in February, get a week away, unplug. I hope everybody does that. Listen, this season, folks, was fun. I had my best gambling season ever in the NFL and college. I've hit a snag here in the playoffs. Um, But, you know, you just go so hard at NFL from September through January, and then you're just like, I need need a vacation. Uh, NBA All-Star game's coming up, and, of course, uh, quick note as we, you know, wind down the show here. The the youth kids' sports. Um, just a funny story from last week's game. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you saw the videos I posted of my son with like an incredible steal. Just smallest guy on the court just ripped the ball out of his kids' hands. <laughs> this is how the kind of coach I am. So we coach defense first. You win with defense. Just get up in their jerseys. Now they play with a circle around the key. Uh, above the free throw line, there's a circle. You can't defend outside of that in this league, which is a little weak. Um, but we have our guys right on the circle. And our guys are aggressive, so they're kind of jumping a little outside the circle and getting steals. And the other coach, after the first two plays, we got steals and buckets. The other coach looks at the reference like, they're coming, like the other coach is getting angry because he can tell we're a lot better. And he was a nice guy, and I just was kind of like, okay, guys, you know, stay inside the circle, but do your thing. And eventually, he, like, lobbied to me. I mean, it was 10-2 at this point. He lobbied to me. Hey, your guys are coming outside the circle. So if, I told our guys, all right, guys, stay in the circle. But they had a kid score a bucket early, and they, it was 4 to us. And um, I said to my son, Bryce, follow that guy everywhere. Do not let him score again. The kid didn't score again the rest of the game. Now, we like to take away the opponent's best option. That's a little Belichick in me. Um, now we do have we'll play our best opponent today, but we're down three guys. I, I think we'll win, but not we're not gonna win by like 30 like the other games. I'm telling you guys, it, for the dads out there, wait until your kids play sports. If you like sports as a fan, you're gonna love coaching your kid. Uh, my daughter's got her first kindergarten game today. I have a feeling she's gonna be better than I think just because she watches her brother. Anyways, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Isaac. Thanks, Iowa Sam. Hartman's coming up next. He's coming off a cold. uh, You know, give him hell as usual. Enjoy the games. Enjoy Sunday. Listen to the podcast. Have a safe weekend.
6: being a chef means keeping your
0: cool in the kitchen pick up, pick up. and with resi priority notify and global dining access through my amex platinum card right this way it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com with amex
1: okay round two name something that's not boring
10: a laundry Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh
1: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino